Hi, O'Neill here, and want to talk to you about a couple dogs. I'm training two puppies. One is five months, one is seven months, one's about seven and a half pounds, and the other one's about 45 pounds. And they don't live on the same side of town. They live <laughs> in different neighborhoods, but they, they have the same situation. Their parents are pushovers, and these puppies aren't seen a leader and so they're stepping into that role and basically what they're doing is they're they are developing aggressive behavior aggressive demanding pushy sometimes painful they both are involving their teeth you know they bite they uh, lunge at the other one barks indignant indignant well actually they both bark you will do this now. Does that sound familiar? Any of you guys have these problems? They, they won't listen when you call them. They run away. And it's kind of a list. And so it's interesting that they're both happening at the same time. And so I wanted to talk about it. Sorry, it's late and I'm a little yawny. But I want to give you something. So I have this 12-step program for the dominant canine and you can spend between like five hundred to twelve hundred dollars to bring in a professional like myself or you can get a little holiday gift right here right now and so you here's what it is you might want to take some notes the first thing you want to do is avoid confrontation because you are not in a prime position to be you know, drawing a line in this, uh, drawing a line in the sand aggressively. So, you really just want to avoid any confrontation. So, you want to list the circumstances that would bring about like growling, lip lifts, snaps, bites, or barking. So, what's the concern? Let's say my dog barks because he wants to go outside. And so, what's my my corrective action going to be? It's not going to be go over there and yell at him. You know, get up in his face and tell him, no, no, no. So it might be, I ignore him and I just leave the room. So you want to list those out and, and determine a non-confrontational way that you can address it. And sometimes addressing it is just moving away from it. Because the thrill is gone if you're not there to entertain them. That's number one. Number two is feeding. You, the thing about it is you have so much power and we, we forget that. We forget to exercise our power and one of them is opposing opposable thumbs. So in feeding, they have to perform. So pretty much every dog can do a sit. And if that's the, all they can do, you can do a sit. In other words, you can make it, but make it something that they know and that they can do. And then you give, you can feed them for 15 minutes. Most dogs, it's two times a day. Young puppies may be three. And after 15 minutes, if they haven't finished the food and they're not hanging out with their mouth over the front, over the top of the bowl, pick up the bowl and remove it. And discard the rest. Or if it's just dry kibble, store it. They have to earn all treats by responding positively to a command from a family member or a trainer. So there's just no nothing free, not for food, and no human scraps, food at all. You're really you're going for a shocker, and and so you really want, this is one area you're going to get their attention, and you're going to get it fast. It's like 
things are changing. And don't allow begging. So in, they can't be in the kitchen. When you're doing any food prep, meals, anything, they can't be in there. And you can think of creative ways to do it. I'm not going to hand you everything. Somebody's got to work out on your own. <laughs> okay, petting. Petting. I'm so pretty. You want to pet me? Well, you have to ration it. And you want to make it pleasurable and non-threatening. So where, if you are petting the dog, do is a safe place. And you want to know that because, especially like if you have children, maybe your dog is dominant enough that if you come up and you pet him on the head, he's going to get a little ticked off and snap. So typically the sides of a dog are, are safe. And... Um, you know, you know your dog, so you want to make a note of that because you're making a family plan or a plan just for you. But you'll know some of these, they won't make a lot of sense to you and others are going to make a lot of sense to you. You want to try to do as many as you can, put them in place, and you're going to have, wow, some changes in your family dynamics for the better. Seriously, even your dog will prefer it. Um, back to petting. Brief. You don't want to pet them for half an hour and they get up and leave you. You want to just give them a little bit and they still want more. And then there's times when you just leave them alone. Like if they're sleeping, you don't go over there and lay next to them and pet them. If they're minding their own business or like eating their meal, just don't go over there and pet on them. And if they're otherwise engaged, if they're working with someone, you just don't go up there, interrupt, surprise them and pet on them. Stuff, I mean, it's common sense stuff. And then when all petting has to be done on your terms. So, oh, but again, with those, the caveats that I just mentioned above. So it's your decision. Oh, I want to pet you. So you're going to do it on your terms and they have to perform. So, Sparky, come on over here. Sit and then you pet him. Oh, that's a good sit. Pet, pet, pet. Okay. Get up and walk away. And never, you know how the dog would come over and flip their nose underneath your hand? or stare at you, or jump on you to be praised and loved on, nope, get up and walk away. Never perform for them. Praise. Praise is a really big one. You might not think it's that important, but it really is. It's very powerful. So with praise, the thing that I work with a lot of people on is getting that time right. If you do it too late, the dog has already moved on to something else. And so what you're praising isn't what they're thinking is being praised. So let's say uh, Sparky sit. Sparky sits. And by the time you get to where you're going like, oh, yeah, I got to praise. Sparky's already stood up and started walking away. And you're going, good sit. Well, you know, you just praised him for walking away and you're calling it good sit. So that's too late. You don't want to do it too bubbly that it pulls them out of what they're doing and you don't want to do it like it doesn't have any meaning yeah good set you know good set you'll find the tone that's going to work really well timing and tone so sometimes it's warm and heartfelt good set and sometimes it's really heavy that's just the best set in the whole wide world you know stuff like that and sometimes it's just really calm that's a good set your puppy's doing their best. You've got them calm and focused. You don't want to interrupt that. Next, number five, toys. All the toys are picked up and put away, out of reach. 
and you select the time and the toy. And then you call them to you. So let's pick a different, <laughs> let's go with Rex, Rex. Speak, because you've taught Rex to speak. So you can deal with his barking problems. So you can tell him speak and then quiet. So speak. If he speaks, he can play with the toy. And if he doesn't, well, you put the toy away and walk out of the room. So basically, it's all you. You have the key. If he goes over there and demands your attention, you can either say, oh yeah, you can perform for it, or you just walk out of the room. What? If while you're doing this, pay attention because your dog's already doing these things to you if you recognize it or not. Like you can go, hey, come on over here. Come here. Come here. And they just walk out of the room. They just ignore you because you're going like, I can't do that to my dog. Well, he's doing it to you because he's in the leader role. And so therefore, those are the terms. You're just taking the leadership back. So some of this might seem like really atrocious, but then when you look at that, your dog's already doing it to you. <laughs> That's a game changer sometimes. Oh, that introduces games. You're in charge and you start and end the games. Avoid all roughhousing at this time. Some I know some people just love that, but this isn't the time to do that. So just set it aside. And then you're going to have a command that you use to, to quit the game whenever it's done. Enough, done, whatever. Let that be everybody's cue to let the dog know. Party's over. Needs versus wants. Don't cater to any demanding behavior. Um, one of those is like jumping, where they jump on you. You came home. Oh, jump, jump, jump. And it at one point, somebody encouraged it. Either you jumped and waved your hands enough, or somebody did. Or there's the people that pat their chest and they want the dog to do that. If you're giving inconsistent uh, commands and behaviors that you some find acceptable or it's okay now but it's not okay later, that inconsistency is really a mess for your dog and for you getting consistency when you want it. So that's kind of something to clean up. And oh, here it is. And realize it may get worse before it gets better and agree to hold firm. Yeah. So basically you're doing forced attention withdrawal, no free lunch. And you're setting the terms. So being consistent is going to make it go smoother, faster. A company that um, having your company, no sleeping in bed with you and no sitting on you or leaning against you. High places. No going on furniture. You know one of the best ways to keep your dog off the furniture, whether you're there or not, for about 95% of pets, is put a piece of aluminum foil on it, on the cushion. And then when you come home and you want to get on it, just put the aluminum foil underneath of it, underneath a piece of furniture. And then when you get up and walk away, put the piece of aluminum foil back out again. They don't like the feeling of it. And it's real easy. You don't have to get those scat mats. You don't have to threaten your dog. Because some of the times... Actually, most of the time, the most powerful thing in training is when the dog makes their decision themselves and you're not present. That's really powerful. Because it was their decision. Um, don't lie on the floor with the dog above you. And if your dog gets on the furniture, tell them off and then praise them once they have four on the floor. Freedom. This one, people do and they go, oh no, I'm not doing it. You, you do it all the time. You're giving your dog freedom. Freedom is one of the biggest 
rewards. Oh, I open up the back door and he just runs around or I open up the front door and then he, there he goes. No, that's, that is so powerful. You want to really rein that in. That, that is earned. Otherwise, they're on a leash and they don't get that freedom until they're consistent and you know they're not going to run off and you know they're going to give you a recall. So boy, doesn't that just kind of put a squash on it for most of you? Yeah. And so let's see. Exercise. Well, that's really critical because a lot of the problems that you're probably experiencing is because you've got a pent up energy filled mind going just do 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 looking for stimulation so your dog needs exercise your dog needs mental stimulation plenty of it every day because i'll tell you one of the biggest keys and it's not a secret is a tired dog is an easy dog and the opposite is true too a wired pent up tons of energy looking for something to do dog you can see it on the web you know, we thought we were burgled, but it was our dog tore the house apart. Yeah. So get some exercise. Fenced in locations. Otherwise, a long line or go running or um, just find ways. Find ways. And obedience. You, you need to be practicing your obedience regularly. No free anything. Um, one really important thing is daily long downs of 15 to 20 minutes. Seriously. And if they get up, and then you have to help them get back into a down again. and the, But you don't start the clock over again. You just keep it going. At first, there may be a whole lot of breaks. But after a while, and, you can, and the key here is to pick your timing. And when you're introducing it, if you go, if you have like kind of routines, oh, we all come in the, the rec room and we watch some sports and the dog flings themselves down used to be on the couch but now on the floor and when the dog flings themselves down good down start the timer your dog gets up oh down and after 20 minutes good down dog might be asleep i don't care the dog is in a down sustained and you're just going to work for that that's a, that is a really powerful tool in your toolbox yeah and the, the key for this is consistency. I'll tell you what, if you do this 12-step program and have everybody in your household who's an adult or, or old enough to be able to have assistance if they're a child, that you are all consistent on this, in 24 hours you're going to see a massive difference. Seriously. And your dog will not resent it because your dog doesn't want to be the leader anyway. There's a lot of responsibility. And it's not nearly as much fun. It's, it's kind of a heavy role. They'd much rather be lower in the pack and have a good time. And so there you go. I'd love to hear about your experiences. So the 12-step program for the dominant canine. My gift to you. Have a good one.